Guidelines in Practice, Positioning the Patient by Jennifer Speth Abstract Positioning the Patient is an important perioperative task. The recently updated AORN, Guideline for Positioning the Patient, provides perioperative personnel with background information and evidence-based best practices for perioperative patient positioning and focuses on maintaining patient and staff member safety. The revised guideline includes recommendations for placing patients safely in a variety of positions and avoiding positioning injuries, such as postoperative vision loss. This article provides an overview of positioning recommendations for assessing patients' risk for injury, implementing safe positioning practices, placing patients in the Trendelenburg position, and preventing intraocular injuries. It also includes a patient-focused scenario on preventing adverse events associated with the Trendelenburg position that aligns with information discussed in the article. Perioperative nurses should review the guideline in its entirety and implement appropriate recommendations for positioning patients during procedures. The recently revised AORN, Guideline for Positioning the Patient, provides recommendations on positioning patients undergoing operative or other invasive procedures. The goals of surgical positioning include promoting optimal surgical site exposure and access to IV lines and monitoring equipment. Effective positioning should support and maintain patient privacy and prevent complications, for example, nerve injury, body shifting. When revising the positioning guideline, the AORN guideline development team also identified information on preventing pressure injuries and created the Guideline for Prevention of Perioperative Pressure Injury to address that concept separately. The most recently revised positioning guideline addresses the following. 1. Assessment for injury risk. 2. Positioning devices. 3. Safe positioning practices. 4. Specific patient positions, including supine, Trendelenburg and reverse Trendelenburg, prone, lithotomy, sitting and semi-sitting, and lateral. 5. Intraocular pressure, IOP. 6. Patients who are pregnant. 7. Patients with obesity. 8. Evaluation for positioning injuries. 9. Documentation. 10. Education. 11. Policies and procedures. And 12. Quality. The AORN Guideline Development Team assessed the available evidence and made recommendations when the benefits of the initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, high to moderate quality evidence supports recommendations. The AORN Guideline Development Team also made conditional recommendations when the benefits of the initiative likely would exceed the harms. Any level of evidence supports conditional recommendations under certain conditions. The evidence table for the positioning guideline is available at https colon double slash aorn.org slash docs slash default hyphen source slash guidelines hyphen resources slash clinical hyphen research slash nursing hyphen research slash evidence hyphen rating hyphen and hyphen tables slash 
positioning-the-patient slash evidence underscore table hyphen positioning underscore 2022.pdf. This article provides an overview of concepts associated with positioning the patient, including select practice recommendations from the revised guideline. Table 1 identifies guideline recommendations for some frequently asked questions that are not specifically addressed in this article. Perioperative nurses should review the revised guideline in its entirety for additional information that may affect their practice. Assessment for Injury Risk Perioperative nurses should assess patients preoperatively for positioning risks, including the 1. Procedure type, estimated duration, and required patient exposure. 2. Plant position and the patient's tolerance for it. 3. Anesthesia professionals' access to the patient. 4. Patient's age, body mass index, and any comorbidities. For example, obesity, glaucoma, diabetes diagnosis. And 5. External factors. For example, planned hypothermia, use of retractors or tourniquets. Because body enhancement items, for example, jewelry, hair accessories, may create a positioning risk, perioperative nurses should instruct patients to remove them before procedures and assist the patients with removal when necessary. Perioperative nurses should collaborate with all perioperative team members to develop a plan of care for minimizing the patient's risk of injury associated with positioning. Use of a decision support tool during preoperative assessments and planning may help team members identify at-risk patients and possible interventions to decrease their risk. The team should discuss the planned positioning interventions during the preoperative briefing, which may promote team member awareness of the patient's specific needs and the required positioning equipment to maintain patient safety. Perioperative team members should evaluate the effectiveness of the positioning interventions during the postoperative debriefing to identify patterns and outcomes associated with the interventions. Safe Positioning Practices To prevent patient injuries, perioperative personnel should identify potential hazards associated with positioning activities. For example, improper or malfunctioning positioning devices, and implement safe positioning practices for all positions. Such practices include maintaining physiologic alignment, avoiding excessive flexion or extension of limbs, and applying safety devices, for example, safety strap, in a secure manner. To reduce the risk for patient injury associated with falls, especially during induction of and emergence from general anesthesia, AORN recommends that perioperative team members proactively identify the team member who will remain at the patient's side when they are on the OR bed. Proactive communication is especially important when the safety strap is not secured because patients may move unexpectedly and a lack of communication may contribute to a patient fall in the OR. Patients undergoing operative or other invasive procedures are at an increased risk for complications affecting the musculoskeletal integumentary, cardiovascular, pulmonary, and nervous systems. When determining the appropriate intervention to implement, 
perioperative nurses may benefit from considering the complications that can occur after incorrect positioning. For example, when patients are supine, incorrect positioning of the arms can lead to ulnar nerve injury or upper limb compartment syndrome. AORN recommends that perioperative personnel employ one or more of the following methods to position the patient's arms according to the needs of the patient and the surgical team. 1. Use a draw sheet to tuck and secure the patient's arms at their sides. 2. Use arm guards to secure the patient's arms at their sides. 3. Extend the patient's arms on padded arm boards. And 4. Flex and secure the patient's arms across their torso. When tucking arms at the sides with a draw sheet, personnel should verify that the arms are in a neutral position, palms face the body, and elbows are not hyperextended. Personnel should use additional padding to prevent pressure on elbows and hands. During procedures, personnel should avoid elbow flexion greater than 90 degrees for more than four hours. They also should avoid extending the elbow beyond the patient's comfortable range of motion and avoid arm abduction greater than 90 degrees. The odds of ulnar neuropathy increase when one arm or both arms are tucked during procedures. Odds ratio equals 6.16, 95% confidence interval equals 1.85 to 20.59, P equals 0.003. AORN provides a conditional recommendation for using intraoperative neurophysiological monitoring, such as somatosensory evoked potentials, to identify possible injuries. Such monitoring detects electrophysical conduction changes associated with nerve damage and alerts personnel that repositioning is needed to avoid injury. Trendelenburg Position Surgeons require use of the Trendelenburg, that is, head down, position, when they need to view and access organs in the pelvis, such as during gynecology and urology procedures. This position allows the abdominal viscera to shift toward the head and is associated with several physiologic changes, including increased venous return as well as increased intracranial pressure and IOP. To decrease the possibility of complications, AORN recommends that personnel use the Trendelenburg position for the shortest length of time possible and return the OR bed to a horizontal or head-up position at specified intervals during lengthy procedures, especially when the angle is steep. Although there is no accepted definition for the term steep Trendelenburg, personnel should avoid bed angles greater than 30 to 45 degrees whenever possible. A steep Trendelenburg position can increase physiologic strain on the patient's body, increase upper airway resistance and IOP, and cause conjunctival edema. When coupled with a pneumoperitoneum, a steep Trendelenburg position may adversely affect cardiovascular and respiratory status. Perioperative personnel may find it challenging to prevent a patient in the Trendelenburg position from sliding. Downward shifting of the patient's body on the OR bed can result in skin breakdown and neurological complications, especially in patients with obesity. During robotic procedures that require fixed trocars, Slippage on the OR bed can cause incisional tears and postoperative complications, including hernia formation and pain. The complications associated with patient movement on the OR bed are a source of perioperative morbidity 
and can either be temporary or permanent. Perioperative personnel should employ measures to avoid unplanned patient movement on the OR bed, such as placing viscoelastic gel or convoluted foam overlays on the bed or using vacuum-packed positioning devices. See Figure 1. AORN recommends avoiding the use of shoulder braces to maintain the patient's position on the OR bed because when placed over the acromion, such devices can stretch the lower brachial plexus nerve roots and cause loss of function to the small hand muscles. Shoulder braces lack design standardization and may exert different amounts of pressure depending on their placement and the angle of Trendelenburg. That is, steep Trendelenburg results in increased pressure. Intraocular pressure. Patients are at risk for increased IOP and postoperative vision loss, POVL, when surgeons require either the Trendelenburg or the prone position. Risk factors for POVL include 1. Intraoperative anemia. 2. Long procedure duration. 3. Hypotension. And 4. High volume infusion. Combined with either the Trendelenburg position or extreme rotation of the head to one side, these risk factors can result in compromised blood flow to the optic nerve and subsequent POVL. Additional patient characteristics, for example, age, male biological sex, tobacco use, and conditions, for example, obesity, vascular disorders, for example, hypertension, diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, stroke, diabetic retinopathy, preoperative anemia, may be associated with POVL. Perioperative team members should screen the patient for additional risk factors before the procedure. AORN conditionally recommends completion of a preoperative ophthalmic evaluation for patients at high risk for developing POVL. In addition, Perioperative team members should communicate information on the risk of POVL to patients who are at high risk or will require either the Trendelenburg or prone position. AORN recommends that perioperative team members implement interventions to reduce the risk of POVL when positioning patients. To avoid increased IOP, personnel should limit the amount of time that patients are in the Trendelenburg or prone position, reduce the degree of Trendelenburg, for example, avoid steep Trendelenburg, or implement a modified Trendelenburg so that the patient's head and shoulders remain horizontal. Increased IOP among anesthetized patients in the Trendelenburg position is time-dependent. When possible, personnel should reposition patients who are in the Trendelenburg position at designated intervals during the procedure. Although the time required to reposition a patient during a procedure requiring steep Trendelenburg, for example, robotic, may lengthen the procedure, repositioning and changing the angle of the bed may limit increased IOP and ischemic damage. Results of a study involving patients undergoing robotic-assisted hysterectomy or prostatectomy showed that IOP increased throughout the procedures, and return to near-normal values within 10 minutes of return to the supine position, that is, horizontal to the floor. When placing patients in the prone position, the patient's head should be level with or higher than the rest of their body. Researchers conducted a randomized control study of 52 patients undergoing lumbar spine fusion. 
they maintained the control group participants' heads in a neutral position and elevated the intervention group participants' heads so that their faces were at a 10-degree angle relative to the horizontal plane. All OR beds were kept level and parallel to the floor. They measured the IOP of all participants at several time points and determined that the mean change in IOP measurements was significantly lower in the intervention group, P equals 0.0074. Because procedures requiring the steep Trendelenburger-prone position can be detrimental to patients and cause increased IOP as well as POVL, perioperative personnel should measure IOP before procedures and monitor it after procedures. Such assessment and monitoring supports perioperative team member awareness of IOP and the need to initiate additional interventions. For example, head-up positioning, shortening procedure duration, if necessary. Scenario Tanya, a perioperative nurse, enters the preoperative area to interview her assigned patient, Ms. J., who will undergo a robotic-assisted laparoscopic procedure to treat endometriosis. As she approaches the bed, she notices that Ms. J is in tears. Tanya introduces herself, acknowledges that Ms. J appears upset, and asks her what she can do to help. Ms. J tells her that the thought of undergoing the procedure is terrifying because of her understanding of the required position. She mentions that a few years ago, she underwent another laparoscopic procedure and experienced numbness in her arms afterward that was diagnosed as a neuropathy. During the procedure, her arms had been tucked at her sides, her head was down for the majority of the time that she was on the OR bed, and shoulder braces were placed so she would not slide off the bed. She was unable to return to her job and is now on permanent disability. Ms. J states that although she is looking forward to resolving the endometriosis, she is concerned that she will develop additional numbness and neuropathies that will negatively affect her activities of daily living. Tanya thanks Ms. J for sharing her concerns and tells her that she will verify that the surgeon, Dr. V, is aware of the issue. She reviews the history and physical in the electronic health record and notes that Dr. V identified the pre-existing neuropathy in the assessment and mentioned neuromonitoring in the procedure planning. She then reviews Dr. V's orders and sees an order for intraoperative neuromonitoring. After reviewing Dr. V's documentation, Tanya tells Ms. J that Dr. V ordered intraoperative neuromonitoring and that the perioperative team will collaborate to avoid any additional positioning injuries. She mentions that the OR bed has a viscoelastic gel overlay on it to prevent sliding during the procedure and that they will use arm guards to position her hands at the sides of her body. She asks Ms. J if she has any vision concerns and learns that Ms. J recently visited an ophthalmologist and did not have any significant vision changes. Tanya tells her that she will collaborate with Dr. V and the anesthesia professional to designate specific intervals for repositioning the bed during the procedure to avoid increased IOP. Ms. J appears relieved when Tanya finishes explaining the positioning plan and thanks her for taking the time to address the concerns. As Tanya leaves the preoperative area, she encounters Dr. V and Gerard, the CRNA, in the hallway. She tells them of her discussion with Ms. J, and they agree on the positioning plan. 
Tanya verifies that the neuromonitoring technician is present before transporting Ms. J to the OR. Tanya and Gerard assist Ms. J onto the OR bed, and Gerard applies the oximetry probe, electrocardiography leads, and blood pressure cuff, while the neuromonitoring technician connects Ms. J to the monitoring equipment. After general anesthesia induction, Dr. V, Gerard, and Tanya position Ms. J for the procedure and verify with the neuromonitoring technician that there is no nerve compression. Tanya completes patient skin antisepsis, and the scrub team members drape the surgical site. During the timeout, Gerard confirms the plan for repositioning. Dr. V begins the procedure. At the designated time, the team undocks the robot to raise the head of the bed for approximately 10 minutes. The team redocks the robot, and Dr. V continues the procedure. The neuromonitoring technician notes no anomalies, and Dr. V finishes the procedure approximately five hours after incision. Gerard reverses the general anesthesia and extubates Ms. J. The team transports her to the post-anesthesia care unit, PACU, and Tanya performs the handover report with Janae, the PACU nurse. When Ms. J is able to answer questions, Janae asks if she is experiencing any numbness or pain in her extremities or any visual disturbances. Ms. J responds no to all questions. When Ms. J meets the PACU discharge criteria, Janae transfers Ms. J to the inpatient nursing unit and shares information on the positioning outcomes with the inpatient nurse. During her postoperative recovery, Ms. J does not develop any negative outcomes attributed to positioning. Conclusion Perioperative nurses are responsible for helping position patients during operative and other invasive procedures. Personnel should identify and communicate the patient's risk factors associated with positioning with the rest of the team before the procedure. Safe positioning practices for placing a patient in the Trendelenburg position include using clear communication, tucking the patient's arms safely to minimize the risk of injury, and implementing measures to prevent harm, for example, adverse outcomes, such as modifying the angle of the OR bed at set intervals. Personnel should review the recently revised AORN Guideline on Positioning for the most comprehensive information.